You're listening to the Dungeons, Dragons, and Psychology Podcast. Hello, if you already listened to the season finale, most of this information will be uh, repetitive to you. However, I did find out that after uploading, the file was corrupted and the audio quality on the season finale was frankly terrible. Um, unable to recover the original audio, I have decided to entirely re-record the episode. So if you haven't heard it, you're getting much better sound quality this time. And if you've already heard it, perhaps giving it another listen with better sound will help you find something in it that you might have missed last time. So welcome to the show. Just a reminder that this is the season finale for season two. I'll be taking a break through the rest of the year and coming back with season three in January of next year. Uh, also, just to let you all know, I have uh, been accepted into the doctoral college at Grand Canyon University, which I will be starting in December. And I do plan on including uh, tabletop role-playing games in my dissertation and my research so that that information will also be part of this show as I go along and find out more information about how the world of work and industry is affected by uh, role-playing. So today we're going to delve into some nuances of the human psyche and uncover 10 psychological concepts that uh, have influence within the tapestry of role-playing games. I'm Robert Walker, author of Session Zero, the DMG to writing great campaigns in any system. And this is my show where I teach collaborative storytellers how to have more immersive campaigns using psychology. So let's get into this re-recorded season finality and talk about our first concept, which is the power of immersion. Now, as a concept, immersion is the extent to which players feel involved and engaged in the game world. At least that's how immersion works in role-playing games. It involves the willful suspension of disbelief for the moment, where your players become deeply absorbed in their characters and in the narrative, making the tabletop experience more vivid and more compelling. As you immerse yourself in the game world, immersion is not just a doorway. It's, it's the very air that you're breathing. So as a player... You want to try and lose yourself in the intricate details of your characters. You want to embrace their quirks and their fears and their aspirations. As a dungeon master, you can paint environments with vivid strokes that your players can almost feel the crackling warmth of the tavern hearth or the bone-chilling gusts of air through the haunted forest. The more immersed that everyone at the table is, the more profound and unforgettable the journey becomes. Next, we have player agency, which is the degree of control and influence that players have over a narrative. It emphasizes the importance of player decisions, shaping the course of the story, promoting an interactive and dynamic experience of gaming. So to do this, you want to acknowledge and celebrate the agency of your players. Your players' choices should not merely ripple through the narrative, they should sculpt it. Create a dynamic and living story that evolves with the decisions that your players make, turning each session into a collaborative masterpiece. Player agency is a compass that guides the campaign and helps make every choice meaningful and more impactful. So next, let's talk about the un uncanny valley of character relationships. The uncanny valley is, in psychology, a discomfort that people feel when encountering things that closely resemble but don't exactly replicate 
human features in character relationships. This concept suggests that relationships should feel authentic and natural and avoid forced or artificial dynamics. So if you think about how to have an authentic character relationship, you want to forge bonds that resonate with truth and emotion where the camaraderie between characters can feel natural and unforced. This can be done by diving into the depths of the connections and exploring the intricacies of player friendships, uh, rivalries within games, alliances that the characters have made, and having these relationships be genuine. Uh, in my opinion, this all stems from cohesiveness and character cooperation. We've talked a lot about backstories that your players weave together that will help a lot in this. It will help them invest in the unfolding story, but it will also help it feel more real all around the table because they've developed a backstory that's intertwined, which is how human stories in real life are. Our stories are intertwined with other people. Next, let's talk about the Skinner Box of Rewards, which is, of course, named after psychologist B.F. Skinner. This concept draws from the operant conditioning method, and in the context of a TTRPG, would be providing rewards such as experience points or cool, unique, magical items uh, or interesting character abilities to reinforce desired player behaviors. The aim here is encouraging engagement and strategic decision-making, and it can also help you drive a plot in a certain direction if they are going the way you want and you keep offering these cool, unique rewards, then they understand this is the way that they're supposed to navigate through the story. So you're like a benevolent puppeteer offering incentive for player action. In one of my favorite ways is the promise of a mythical artifact or something that they can use in game that's a really cool story piece, and it could become part of their character that might not even have a mechanical value in game, but if it has a narrative value, it can be just as rewarding. These words, rewards are little breadcrumbs leading your players through the labyrinth of your campaign and encouraging engagement and shaping the course of their journey. Next, let's talk about narrative foreshadowing. For emotional resonance, foreshadowing involves hinting at future events in a narrative and role-playing games, it sets the stage for emotional moments by planting seeds of anticipation. You do this early on, and you can do it through symbols or prophecies, uh, reoccurring themes, anything that has a significance to the players. So plant the seeds early, and you want them to grow into towering oaks of resonance as the story unfolds. This can be done with prophecy or a whispering in the wind. Reoccurring symbols are a great way that appear mysteriously or even the sound of distant thunder could signal an impending storm. That might be a very good way to use narrative foreshadowing and prime your players for emotional or difficult moments. And these things can leave lasting imprints on your game and on their gaming souls. Next, we have the Zygonarch effect uh, on quest design. This effect is a psychological phenomenon where people remember uncompleted or interrupted tasks better than completed ones. So in quest design, 
This concept would involve creating a sense of curiosity and urgency by presenting players with unfinished quests or unanswered questions. You could create incomplete tasks or have the tasks they're working on be interrupted. So an unsolved mystery could keep players hooked and hungry for exploration, figuring out what is happening and how to finish the quest. You can kind of pile up these things and they'll sort of become like a haunted memory driving the players to seek closure and uncover the secrets that are lying just beyond their grasp. I will warn you, I will say, if you are going to do this, you will want to reward them by having them complete some of these tasks. As they start to focus their attention on them, you you want to have them be successful in something that they're really putting their attention to. Otherwise, they could lose interest. So the seventh concept we're going to talk about is the halo effect on NPC design. The halo effect is a cognitive bias where our impression of a person influences how we feel and think about their character. So if you apply this to role-playing games, it could suggest that you design an NPC with distinct and positive traits, and that will lead to favorable perceptions and interactions with the NPC. Likewise, negative or annoying traits could lead to the opposite. So you want to design your non-player characters with distinct personalities, give them quirks, give them backstories, and when your players form impressions of the NPCs, those biases from the halo effect could ripple through the narrative, influencing their alliances, and they could shape their perceptions, as well as add depth to the overall story. This can even be used uh, with an NPC to lay foundations of a plot or a plot twist. I'd, you know, come coming way down the line in your game, you could set up a way that the characters feel early on about an NPC is perhaps very positive. That can lead to a plot twist where that NPC then later on ends up being a betrayer or an enemy of some way. And that twist will be a little bit more emotional because they have already had a bias of the way that they perceived the NPC. So next, let's talk about the bandwagon effect. It's where individuals tend to adopt certain behaviors or beliefs because others around them are doing the same thing. So in group dynamics, such as a role-playing game, this effect can influence the party's collective decision-making based on the actions of individual members. So look at group dynamics and try and incorporate the bandwagon effect where it's applicable. When one player takes a bold action or makes a significant decision, watch the gravitational pull of their choices. It either draws people into their orbit collectively or it could push them away. Then you're going to have a good idea of what sort of plot hooks and story narrative elements will draw your players into action. So this concept can become an invisible shaping hand to your parties. So if you see that camaraderie makes them flow together fluidly and and they work really well together with certain types of plot lines they all jump on the bandwagon you can use that as a tool just by paying attention to what they're doing and how they're reacting all right next we'll talk about loss aversion this is a tendency to prefer avoiding losses rather than acquiring equivalent gains in a role-playing game, this concept could mean uh, creating consequences that players want to avoid, such as the loss of a beloved character or a critical failure with significant repercussions. That's sort of obvious. Harnessing this loss aversion to influence your campaign with impactful consequences 
You can make stakes clear as you present potential losses as significant. So this can tap into your player's inclination to avoid negative outcomes. And the looming specter of loss can foster a sense of urgency and emotional investment. It elevates the stakes and makes every decision they're making a critical juncture. So I think one way that I would look at this is sometimes... I have used loss aversion to uh, to be a piece of character-defining moments, right? A player doesn't want uh, their character to lose their life, their character to lose their life, but sometimes that decision can be so powerful that the sacrifice of oneself for the narrative that they have to weigh their loss aversion and the benefit of the story against their own desires not to lose their character's life. And those can be really powerful moments. And that leads into my final concept today, which is cognitive dissonance in moral dilemmas. This occurs when individuals hold conflicting beliefs or attitude, which cause discomfort. That is cognitive dissonance. So creating moral dilemmas that force characters into conflicting values or uh, they have to confront things within themselves they might not have considered, it can evoke cognitive dissonance and it can add depth and complexity to your storytelling. You do this uh, by making the waters of morality murky, right? Carry players into making decisions they wouldn't have considered before. Make sure that the weight of the narrative adds layers of complexity to their role-playing and change the way that they will act when they're having a moment of cognitive dissonance in Moral Dilemma. I think one of the best examples of cognitive dissonance, and we've talked about it on the show before, comes up from the Book of Vile Darkness, where there's this great image of a paladin standing over two lesbian succubi uh, embraced in the throes of love, and he has his sword pointed at them. And the caption below it reads something like, a paladin must choose between destroying evil and honoring love. So it's that moment where the uncomfortable nature of having to decide which of your values is more important to you is the destruction of evil, which many paladins swear to do, more important? Or is it honoring of love and partnership, which, again, love is one of the greatest and highest ideals in the world. Which of those becomes more important? That would definitely be a moment of cognitive dissonance for somebody playing a paladin. So I hope this whets your appetite for season three uh, when it comes to January. But I do want to leave you before we go with one final tricks of the trade. For our final tricks of the trade in season two, I want to combine some of the psychological concept we've talked about today into some compelling storylines that you can use in your tabletop game. So the first concept here is an enchanted heist. And for this one, we're going to be combining uh, immersion, player agency, narrative foreshadowing, and the Zygonark effect. So the synopsis here is the party is hired for a heist to retrieve a legendary artifact from an enigmatic collector. As the players immerse themselves in the intricacies of planning and executing the heist, they will uncover fragments of a cryptic prophecy foreshadowing the artifact's true power and the potential consequences of its misuse. Unbeknownst to them, each member's past is intertwined with the artifact, creating a web of personal stakes. And the Zygonark effect comes into play as the heist success or failure triggers unresolved mysteries, propelling the party into a quest to decipher the prophecy and prevent an impending catastrophe. Next, we have Shattered Alliances. 
Here we're combining the concepts of the uncanny valley of character relationships, the halo effect, uh, and NP NPC design, and loss aversion in campaign consequences. So here the party, comprised of diverse characters with intricate relationships, forms an alliance with a charismatic NPC leader to thwart an impending catastrophe. As they delve into the quest, the relationships among party members develop, creating the uncanny valley of trust and camaraderie, and the halo effect influences their perceptions of the charismatic NPC, fostering an environment of cooperation. However, as the story unfolds, the charismatic leader's hidden motives are revealed, leading to betrayal. The loss aversion concept comes into play as the party must navigate the consequences of shattered alliances, facing the loss of trust, potential conflicts within the group, and the challenge of rebuilding alliances to save the realm. And finally, we have the prophecy's gamble. Here we're combining cognitive dissonance and moral dilemmas, narrative foreshadowing for emotional resonance, and player agency. Here, a prophecy foretells the rise of a dark power which threatens to consume the world. As your players explore the narrative, they encounter moral dilemmas that will challenge their beliefs and values, triggering cognitive dissonance. The prophecy is unveiled through narrative foreshadowing with symbols and visions hinting at potential outcomes. The player's choices shape the interpretation of the prophecy, which gives them agency in determining the destiny of the world. And the emotional resonance comes into the forefront as the consequences of their decisions begin to unfold, testing their character's resolve and reshaping the prophecy and the world based on their actions. So I hope you can use these storylines to blend some psychological concepts and create some immersive and dynamic, emotionally charged role-playing experiences as you enjoy your games over the next few months while I am away between seasons. I am very much looking forward to coming back to you in Season 3 in January with new guests and new episode concepts and getting back to having my friends around the microphone with me as well. Now that life has sort of calmed down for me a little bit and my doctoral progress program is expected to take less weekly attention than my master's program was, uh, we'll see if that stays the course. So as always, Cyclothids, remember that you can join us on Patreon and become an official Cyclothid. You can also leave us a review on Spotify or Apple, Apple Podcasts, and you can find me on Instagram, Dungeons underscore dragons underscore psychology, where you can find a link to our link tree and all of the places that you can connect with me and my friends socially online. And until next time, we'll see you next season.